I can sleep through almost everything that she does, but this time, no, you know, it was she's so passionate. passionate. Yeah, like she's just intense about how much this meeting and these numbers on graphs needed to be a way that they weren't being. Okay. Yeah. Well, th- that's that's her job. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about our mother. Um, and how she wakes her poor, long-suffering son up with her t- passionate graphs. Passionate graphs. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to tell you my fear. Yeah, tell So I've been going on walks me. and runs, and I keep seeing, like, unconscious bees all over the place. I thought you were going to say or unconscious dead. beings, and I was like, well, that's... <laughs> I mean, I guess and it's I not do not wrong. call nine one one for them. No, I just, I it's just, just figure, none of my you know, business. No, I mean they're allowed. Yeah, like you can just drop can't judge. dead on the side of a running path. It's fine as long as you're off to the side. I mean, you're organic, so it's not like you'll decompose. Littering. Yeah, no, but the bees. Oh no. Yeah, they're bees, and so like I'm gonna start carrying around sugar water. Yeah. To revive them, yeah. I gave them water. Um, Which like just is near a them. Start. Yeah. Not I didn't like pour water. I didn't drown them. I yeah. No, that's that's tempting to not do. I always have water on my walks, but I don't have sugar water, as you may have guessed. That's weird. You're not like that. What's what's that scene in the beginning of um, Men in Black, like the original, where the guy is possessed by an alien fly and he just demands sugar water <laughs> from his wife upon landing. <laughs> Uh, and she's like, I don't okay. remember that scene. <laughs> okay, I I think it stuck with me because our aunt made me watch it when I was really young. But yeah, with the bee thing, uh, I guess that like relates to my fear of climate change catastrophes. Yeah, well, I'm guessing it has to do with that. I mean, never before have I seen so many dead. Like, I mean, I have, but it's all started in like the last eight years. Yeah, like, and you're right, though, like, some of them are just sleepy or unconscious or overheated, so they just need, like... <laughs> little bugs. I know. They're so fuzzy they and they have water. little red butts. What kind of bee is that? Is that a bumble? Um, they look like bumbles. If they're fluffy around the collar, they're like... They're fluffy. Um, hmm. Maybe. I can't tell what it is. Anyway. That's hard to say. I just yeah. poured water. I nudged one out of the way. They keep falling asleep in the middle of the walkway, and then they're idiot bicyclists. Sorry, oh, no. just outraged. Well, they're also, we almost got smacked by a bicyclist, mom and me, when we were walking. Yeah, and then you would have been like the bees and sugar water would not have helped. Yeah, exactly. And then she actually, mom <laughs> yelled after the woman. Oh, really? She's like, I can't remember what she said, nothing like, but the woman like turned around and she was like, I said, excuse me, screw you. So mom was like, no, you didn't. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, nice. Go, I'm mom. like, yes, finally. When I go for walks with Duncan, too, like, Duncan and Brayden and I were walking, and he yelled after someone. He was like, use your bell. Yeah. Because use you your fucking bell. Fucking okay? hear. Especially yeah. when you're on a path where people are walking. Yeah, like, I can't tell who's talking to me from a distance behind, like, if they're saying, excuse me. Well, she said, you excuse know, me, like that, quietly. Yeah. As... She passed us. Yeah, so which was, is we would not have already helpful. been under the front tire if yeah. mom had moved to the left. Like yeah, like what she want you to leap out of her way? Like what the fuck? Yeah, and you're supposed to start dinging your bell like way ahead of time. And yeah, it's like, just really annoying. I, I hate don't. cyclists. I hate them no matter where they are. Go find a fucking cyclist. Like, go use the bike lanes. Go use the bike lanes. That's all I'm gonna say. You know what? I mean, but you complain about that too. Is the thing you hate that as well? I, think I don't that, like, like bike lanes. I don't like the fact that they exist. But if we are going to put millions of dollars into making them, they should probably. they should fucking be used. 
Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like, okay, so I, I use bike paths, not currently, but when I did bikes, I did. That yeah. was a good sentence. That was um, good. <laughs> nailed it. So, yeah, and, like, I don't know, even, like, when I was a kid and doing this, all bikes had bells, and I would just ding it a bunch of times way ahead of time, yeah. like, like, half you're a block away. You're supposed to start, and you're, you're supposed, supposed to do it do a that. lot. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, don't just do it once. They're not going to hear that. Yeah, for, like, five seconds before you, like, are going to pass them. And then yeah. you also should slow down so yeah. that if they are, like, deaf or something, yeah. you know, you don't kill them. Yeah, like, a lot of people would have headphones in, for instance. Yeah. And what I would do is I'd slow down, get off my bike, move around them, and then get back on ahead of them. Yeah. It wasn't that hard. It's not that hard. I was 11 and it wasn't hard. people here don't do that. They just – and they go, like, really fast. Oh, I know. So if you. you were to, like – I don't know, suddenly take a step slightly to the left or something. You'd be fucked. You'd be fucked. Yeah, no, I don't understand that. Like, if you're going to do it, do it at night when there aren't people around that you're going to hurt, you know? Like, don't speed bike in a crowd of people. Don't like, speed on a bike walking on walking path. paths anyway. Yeah. In fact, don't even do it on bike paths. Throw out your bicycle. <laughs> Get rid of it. Fucking walk. It's Light more it exercise fire. if you just walk. Yeah, I, that's, I guess that's, I actually don't know if that's true, but we'll, it is we'll true. take your Unless word you're going for it. uphill. But, oh, okay. You know, like on a bike, you can just cruise. That's you pedal once, and then you, like it's all flat most of this walk. You're oh not yeah, getting, like, you're not even any doing exercise. anything then. No. So Ugh. why are you there? Outrage. Like she was all in spandex in her like supreme <laughs> bicyclist workout gear, and she was going along a flat walking path. Like, oh no. Are you even sweating? Like no, no. She just wanted people to see her in her cool spandex, as Ugh, her expensive sports gear. It's one of those Lululemon type things. I think like they She's need to annoying. buy expensive things and then show people that they're wearing them, and that's it. And then not actually work out in them. Yeah, exactly. That's actually kind of a thing, apparently, for a lot of my friends who go to the gym regularly. They're like, yeah, there's that one group of people. They don't exercise. They just own a lot of exercise clothing, <laughs> and they go there to get like. Eyed up or what? Check I don't know. I, I think it's a status symbol. Just to go stand at a gym and not work out? Yeah, or to lightly work out where, like, fully decked out as though you work out a lot in okay, really expensive an, clothing. Like a waste of time. And it doesn't sound very interesting. No. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Fun. And to be perfectly honest, exercise clothing, whether it's expensive or cheap, all looks the same and is all ugly. Anyway, it is all yeah. ugly. You can find something better and go to, like, a club. I mean, yeah. not right now, but... Well, you can right now. I'm not going to stop you. But, so, um, yeah. it's our 100th episode! Yeah, I'm moving away from that. Uh, it's our 100th episode, I so we... I got you a present. I know! Yes, I got you one. So that's what we did. We got each other surprise presents. Yep. Yep, and we wanted them to be vaguely horror-related, so um, I, I don't know what is contained within that bag for me. What What okay. is it? What is it? Show me. Show me. Give me the present. I'm demanding mine first. <laughs> oh my gosh! Ah! Okay, Yay. so Andrew, <laughs> since I know you guys can't see anything, got me Funny Bones. It's it's the book. You know what the two the skeletons? Book. Yes, the child's book Funny Bones. It was It was popular. my favorite book when I was a kid. And we Aww. had, like, we had a copy, obviously. We I don't did. know where it went, but. This is not that copy. Yeah. I got this. No, this is, like, you just in good condition, so yeah. it's clearly not. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. 
book. Oh, I used Isn't to it love awesome? this. It is. I used to love this book too. Like this is the hip bone connects. To yes. The... Good. That's the best. The hip bone connects to the leg bone. Oh, leg yeah. bone connects to the ankle bone. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it's I love it too much. Like they it's go on like this little adventure, just like a daddy skeleton and his son skeleton and their skeleton and their dog. dog. Skeleton. I know. So. I'm, I'm a We're going to have to take skeletons. pictures after this of us with our presents and yes. then we'll post them. Yes. Maybe we I'll are. actually post something on Instagram for once on our Instagram. <laughs> yes. Yeah. For once. I guess Instagram is actually super relevant and we should do that. I and know. Funny Bones we were, is also relevant. It is relevant. It's funny a, Bones is awesome. It's a literary classic. And I do love it. I actually loved it as a kid because I think like that mysterious copy that went missing that you had. Like, mom read to me when I was a child. Yeah. Yeah, it was a hand-me-down yeah, experience. it would have been. And I think I got it, like, you know how schools used to have those, like, book ordering things where you got, scholastic. like, a... Scholastic. Scholastic, yeah. yes. That's that's where I think I got it from. Oh. It was well, one that I just saw and I was like, ooh, funny bones, because I was into that sort of shit, and I still am. Into funny bones. <laughs> into, like, <laughs> skeletons and creepy stuff and Halloween-y. This might have even been, like, on a Halloween special one. Oh, probably. It's yeah. a terrifying read. It is terrifying. Funny Bones scary. by Stephen King. Somebody's yeah. bones fall apart and they have to put them back together. So They look pretty happy about it. You guys will see all of this. <laughs> I'll walk you through the book sometime on a vlog too, just so you can experience it fun. with me. Just yeah. do the story time. Yeah, story with two time. Siblings. Story time. Oh my gosh. Okay. Funny bones. I'm going to open my present. Yes. It's right there. It's right there. You'll find it. Be careful. It's very cool. <gasps> Ooh. Ah, <laughs> yes. A- haunted painting yeah i got andrea haunted uh it's a print actually so i work at an antique store yes yes and i they get so many paintings and prints that are like old and antique right and they some look more haunted than others and this one i was like yeah that's haunted andrea like it i love haunted paintings and prints and whatever. I have them all over my house now almost. Like, yeah. Because Ren, sorry, I just like smacked you with the painting. It's okay. <laughs> See, it is haunted. It, it already is. wants it's to like, fucking hey, kill me. I know you. You removed me from that nice store. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to go back. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, I just love them. And so I've, I've got them all over the place, all these vintage antique paintings because Ren got me a bunch for my birthday and then I bought some. Yes. And this one is like, um, it's in a greenish, like bluish hue and it's a young girl, like old, an old style in a bonnet. I'll post a picture of it too. Yeah. Post a picture of it because she looks like she has a secret. Like this child definitely murdered someone. I'm positive. We'll do a photo shoot. Yes. Yeah. We're going to do a photo shoot and do the whole Instagram thing that, that you were talking about and Twitter because at least we remember to do shit on Twitter. Yeah, we do stuff on Twitter. Yeah, that's right. We Each are. time we release an episode. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Happy 100th episode. And... and we have a very special case too. I mean, yes. I don't know much about it. Because Ren did all the research. Yep. That's what we're we doing. We're doing that thing where one of us researches and the other finds out what's going on as they read it. <laughs> yep. In reverse this time. So I did the research and now Andrea will read the second half. It's going to be interesting. It is. This is a long ish one. There's a lot of detail to it. Um, but that's perfect for the 100th episode to have like yes. really detailed murder. Yeah. It's several <laughs> murders. Yeah. You'll oh, see. You'll yay. see. More than one murder. All right. So this is the Grinder serial killer. Not to be confused <laughs> with the Grinder killer, because there's two. 
There's two. Really? Yeah, Grinder, dangerous place. That um, is a dangerous place. I mean, there's a lot of Tinder killers too, so that yeah, makes that's sense, also right? Also, dangerous place. Yeah, and then Craigslist. Pretty much anywhere that's like a hookup app or that you can do hookups through is yeah. probably a bad idea. I don't like dating sites. I don't. This isn't the ones helping. We're meeting so. up. No, no, you're getting that fear validated through these cases. <laughs> Okay, so this is an intense one. Um, be warned, the law of homophobia. You're also going to be mad at cops again, like last time. That's um, normal. Yes, it is. Uh, rape, drugs, etc. So I got a lot of this info from, well, the internet, but also a YouTuber called Eleanor Neal, and she does more of the details. Like, it, I feel like I mentioned the police work in this often, but she goes even more in depth with it. So you should check her out, Eleanor Neal. Yes. So, I'll get started. Okay. The Grinder Killer is basically the name given to a serial killer who did some pretty fucked up shit to several gay men, and the police did, um, very little about it for a very long time until the victim's, like, families stepped in. <sighs> yeah, the families pretty much had to do families their job for them. Families should not have to do your work for you when you're a cop. Uh, no. They are supposed to be grieving. Yeah. You're supposed to be working. Yeah, that's the whole thing. That's, that's the job. <laughs> So to start off with, here's a little bit of background info on a man named Stephen Port. Boo. Yes. That's my guess. Well, who knows, but <laughs> yes, you'll know. I mean, I, I, yeah. I assume he's the serial killer. So, background. Stephen Port was born in Southend-on-Sea, this is England. When he was a year old, he moved to, um, Dagenham? 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 In East London is where that is, where he grew up. Yeah. So he was described as being a loner and was often bullied at school. His neighbor described him as having like a peculiar childlike personality and like had odd behavior as a grown man. Like he'd play with children's toys, which, you know, that can be fine. But like he'd apparently just like go to parties when he was, you know, an adult older, like the same age as the people at the party. Right. But he would just sit in the corner like <laughs> oh, no. playing with a toy truck. Oh, no. <laughs> and like children's toys. And Red flag. not Yeah, exactly. Like not socializing or drinking or dancing or doing any of the things people usually do at parties. Just why do they invite him? I guessing it would be like a work party or oh. maybe a neighbor being nice. I don't know, man, but that's that is a little weird. I'd be like, let's not invite Steven. I don't have any toys here. He's gonna be bored. Yeah, he's not gonna be having a good time unless no. there's a at least five drugs. Is, uh, he's not going to enjoy this party. Oh, man. And I don't even know, like, he was older when the case went down. Like, like, 41. But, um, oh, okay. I don't know if he was doing the toy thing, like, when he was younger. I have no idea. But mm, it kind of seems like he was. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, Stephen lived alone in a flat in Barking, London, and worked as a chef at a Stagecoast bus depot in Westham. He was also on a lot of online gay social networks and apps like, you know, Grindr and such. And on these sites, he would lie about himself and his profile, which okay. you know, most, a lot of people. Yeah. For instance, he made false claims about his background, saying that he'd graduated from Oxford University and that he'd served in the Royal Navy. <sighs> these are things that are easily, like, disproven with That's a Google search. That's what I was about search. to say. I'm like, people can find out that shit. Like, yeah. lie about something that nobody can ever figure out. Unless they are fully on. Yeah, something. like say you're a black belt in karate or that you play guitar or something. Because they, they can't Google that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Until they hand you a guitar. Yeah, that's true. Then you're true. like, oh, I completely forgot how to play. 
it's it, you know it's been an off day for me my, I just can't my guitar fingers the right are sore song and I don't want to play just any song it has to be the right song for the moment and I'm an artist yeah. I'm an artiste yeah <laughs> you can't just demand these things. yeah <laughs> but like probably just don't lie I don't know there's gotta be something interesting about you just be honest so the murderers okay so we're jumping around a bit here I'm going to talk about Anthony Walgate, one of the first victims tied to Stephen Port. Okay. Uh, basically his first, actually, I think. Okay. But hmm, there's a gray area there, you'll find out. Anthony was 23 years old, and he was a fashion student who was originally from Hull. He was known as being the life of the party. He was just a really lively, gregarious guy. His family described him as being very, like, outgoing, funny, and caring. He was very good at, like, brightening people's day, cheering people up. And he was also ambitious. And, like, he knew what he wanted in life, you know? What did he want? Oh, To be a fashion (laughs) Right. I was like... Um, I mean, yeah, you're like, wait a minute. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, just realized that. probably, probably <laughs> also a to student, live. He might want to be a fashion designer or something. Yeah. But also just to be alive. Yeah. Is also good. the rest of life. Yeah. Yeah. So on occasion though, probably maybe to pay for school or something. I'm not sure. Um, on occasion, Anthony worked as an escort through a website called sleepyboys.com. <laughs> I know wait, it sounds cute, but know. it's sinister. It sounds cute at first until you're like, wait. Sleeping boys. Sleepy boys, yeah. Sounds You're like, wait a minute. That sounds rapey. Yeah. Yeah, but he wasn't doing anything, like, bad. He, yeah, just he was a bad just an employee. For a website. Yeah, it is. I know, right? I don't even know like if it it's still up. It sort of implies they're little boys. Yeah, right? And and he wasn't. No. But, um, he Obviously, was it wasn't that kind of service. It's just a bad name. Yeah, it sounds creepy fetishy. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm guessing he you know, pay for fashion school. I don't yeah. know. So Anthony was contacted by Stephen Port on the 17th of June in 2014, and Stephen was pretending to be a client. So he offered Anthony 800 pounds for his services, and they later met at Barking Station. On the 19th of June 2014, Anthony Walgate was pronounced dead shortly before 8 a.m. After Port himself anonymously called emergency services, reporting that a young boy was, quote, collapsed or had had a seizure or was drunk on the street outside his flat. Okay. Mm-hmm. According to some reports, and I mean, police didn't really question anything about this at the time anyway, any evidence linking Stephen Port to Anthony Walgate's death was not yet present, but, like, he'd called the cops. Why didn't they ask him shit when they got there? Yeah, it's 2014. You can yeah. get who... Like if especially it's if it's nine one one, they can get who's calling. Yeah, exactly. Think, like yeah, yeah and they could trace that shit. Yeah, and they knew it, they did know it was him because I think he did come out and talk to them. He just mm. was an anonymous caller at first. I guess I don't know, right? But I don't know. It's weird. They just didn't bother. Stephen Port uh, was actually convicted of perverting the course of justice much later, like after all the other shit that's about to happen. In March 2015, because his account of the death to police had varied. Right. He'd given a bunch of conflicting stories to them about, like, how he'd found this supposedly sleeper, drunker, seizing man. And at that time, Stephen was imprisoned for eight months, but he was just released the following June and was only electronically tagged. That was it. Yeah. Convicted of perverting the course of justice? 
Yeah, because he'd given so them different stories. So they only convicted him of having different stories rather than being Wondering like, hey, why. you have different stories. Maybe you also did the murder. Yeah, instead of going deeper into that, they were just, yeah, they just charged him for having convicting stories instead of like... <laughs> okay. I don't instead like Instead of like, gee, I wonder why all these stories are conflicted. Like... <laughs> So, however, earlier than this slap on the wrist, more men's bodies had been discovered between August 2014 and September 2015, right? Gabriel Kovari, 22, who had moved to London from Slovakia and had briefly lived with Stephen Port, Daniel Whitworth, 21, from Gravesend in Kent, who worked as a chef, and Jack Taylor, 25, who lived with his parents in Dagenham and worked as a forklift truck driver. Bizarrely, these men's bodies were found, like, propped up in the graveyard of the Church of St. Margaret of Antioch in Barking, and two of them were found by the same woman on separate occasions <laughs> while she was walking her dog in the area. That poor woman. I She's know. She's like, what She's keeps like, happening here? I need to switch my dog walking route. <laughs> this is gang upsetting. Yeah, so, more about the victims. So, Starting with one of the victims found in the church graveyard, Gabriel Kovari. He was 22 and had originally lived in Slovakia, right? But had moved to London, uh, like, basically to live with his long-term boyfriend. So that's what he was doing. However, they'd recently split up, so Gabriel was in a tough spot. He couldn't keep living with his ex, but the breakup didn't give him time to really find a place through typical means. Yeah, you know, that, it takes sweet. like months. Yeah. yeah. So to be able to move out more quickly, he used his grinder profile. And side note for people who are still confused, grinder is basically gay Tinder, just so the straights <laughs> listening to this now. I already knew that. Congratulations, Andrea Straight. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're one of the good ones, don't I worry. I am a good one. You're one of the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Anyway, on his grinder profile, he wrote that he was looking for a room to rent as soon as possible, and he got a reply. Uh, a man named John Pape messaged Gabriel and offered him his spare room, and they'd met up first and seemed to get along well and everything, so Gabriel moved in with him. And according to John, Gabriel was a very smart, sweet-natured guy with an infectious smile, so they were friends, you know? Right, okay. Yeah, but like six weeks later, Gabriel just suddenly moved out, and it was really okay. weird. Yeah, like it was just sudden. But he'd said that he'd found someone else to live with, another man that he'd met on a dating site, same way he'd met John. Hmm. Unfortunately. Okay, it's a little strange. To, is it not strange to go on Grindr to look for a room to rent? I don't know. Maybe maybe I the spare was room was too small. Site. It is, but you know how Craigslist is supposed to be a room to rent site yeah. and buy things site and ends up being a hookup site. That's <laughs> true. guessing it's like, yeah, you can do these things on dating apps. Like, say you're really popular there and you know you're more likely to get hit. All right. Yeah, and some gay communities, like, because they can be insular for their own protection, it, it that can makes be sense, like that. That makes sense, actually, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so only a couple days after that, the police showed up on John's doorstep with news about 22-year-old Gabriel Kovari's death and how his body had been found in the church graveyard. Of course. Yep. And That's where he puts all of them. Uh, oh, it is. All police told him at the time was that the death was unexplained. Okay. Because they weren't trying to explain it, probably. Yeah, they're like, yeah, I mean, he's dead. That's really that's the thing. Know. Yeah. I mean, he is. I mean, that's... I guess we could look at why, but... Hopefully they checked. Nah. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> they weren't still alive. No. I, yeah, hopefully. I kind of <laughs> wonder about that. But Gabriel... Oh, sorry. No, I said me too. Yeah. 
But Gabriel had been found in the church graveyard in, like, a really weird position, right? Like, the woman who came across his body, you know, with the dog, (laughs) said that he'd been propped up, so he was, like, kneeling and facing the wall, partially clothed, like, almost like praying in a way. Okay. You know? As and as though he hadn't dressed himself, like his sweater was pulled up awkwardly and he had sunglasses on his head, but they were like askew or okay, upside so down. It's like somebody else dressed him. Someone else dressed him, yeah. But police again decided to do shit all about it. No autopsy occurred, and John Pape was pretty pissed off about that. Right. So John decided to look into it himself. He pulled up an internet search for, like, deaths in the area, right? And of course, Gabriel wasn't the only one who died under similarly weird circumstances. John found out about Anthony Walgate, who had been found dead only a few months earlier. And John actually Google mapped the area where Anthony had been found, and it's, like, super close to the church cemetery. Right. So he so was gang suspicious. It's obviously close to where the killer killer lives or whatever right maybe it could be that guy who lives super close to the church and like called the police yeah and then didn't explain that anything really quickly narrows shit down yeah they could have uh they could have had this one in the bag so <laughs> john ended up contacting gabriel's ex-boyfriend who i believe was named thierry to let him know about gabriel's death so he could inform the family back in slovakia right Meanwhile, Anthony Walgate's death had also been written off by the police force at the time, as previously mentioned, and they did this despite the fact that he'd been found with blood and bruising on his torso, and okay. all of them, all of them were found with So it was bruising. like they were beaten. Yeah, or something was what, going like on with poisoned? their torso. Weird. Yeah, it's okay. weird, hey? I'll find out. Yeah, you'll find out, but it's suspicious. Yeah, it, but it was... I mean, it doesn't seem like accidental death. That's no, no, exactly. <laughs> I mean, even if you overdose, how you get the blood you and bruises on your I mean, torso? You bleed and have internal bleeding, but probably wouldn't be on you. That's internal. Yeah, it's unlikely. Yeah, weird. So it was basically implied by police to both John Pape and to Anthony's family that their respective loved ones had just like dropped dead randomly. Okay. Right? <laughs> Unexplained. But both of them were young, fit, and healthy, and nothing about any of this made sense. So Anthony's family was also obviously not satisfied with the non-explanation police gave to them. And they got involved by asking police why they didn't try tracing Anthony's phone, right? Right, because like, it's like 2014 or 15 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, this isn't the 90s, right? Like, this Yeah, like is... they could trace their cell phones and shit. Yeah, or at least like checking the phone, like to try to find out who he was with. Like you could yeah, go through his like, texts. They probably called each other. Yeah, exactly. Like just see who he was with, right? Like check his phone, yeah. right? But the police said that would be too expensive. I don't know how checking a phone costs money, but okay. What? you no, don't have to doesn't... buy the phone i don't know when, like it doesn't even make sense no it doesn't okay. that's how they wrote it off whatever so another victim <sighs> daniel whitworth so i'm going to talk about another victim for a bit and then circle back as gabriel's ex thierry and john pape were talking to each other thierry told john that another body had been found and that this young man had been a friend of gabriel's 21 year old daniel whitworth an aspiring chef Right? So his death had also been described by police as unexplained, even though he'd literally been found in the same cemetery as Gabriel, in the same spot, and even in the same physical position. Yeah, nobody dies in that position. Accidentally. I think the position's even more suspicious than the bruising. Because, like... As I overdosed, I accidentally undressed and redressed myself badly and and kneeled and faced a wall. Yeah, like... And then, yeah, I don't... In the same spot? And in the same spot as... 
<laughs> with the same bruises? Yeah. No. Oh, and they were all found in sheets. Okay. So, no, people I mean, do not on. wear sheets. To die. To go to a cemetery and then <laughs> die of a seizure yeah. in a praying position. Yeah. it's As far as I know. Yeah, this is pretty sus- – I don't know how much more suspicious I've it needs to be. Never heard of it before. No, me neither. Like, also, weirdly – uh, as Thierry was telling John about this, he said that it was actually another man who had told him about it. So this mysterious third party was a man who said he'd known both Daniel and Gabriel, and that they often went to what he called chemsex parties, which the man described as being these, like, big orgies with massive amounts of drugs involved, but mainly GHB, which, you know, the date rape drug. Good times. Okay. Yeah, according to him, it was typical for these parties to basically consist of older men giving drugs to younger men with or without their knowledge. Ew. And then having sex with them or just flat out raping them. So after hearing this, John Pape reasonably figured that, you know, whatever happened to Gabriel and Daniel must have been connected to one of these chem sex parties because that sounds sinister. Yeah. Yeah, and he was also worried that he himself might become a target because someone was obviously going after gay men in the area and in the circle of friends. Right. So John brought all this info to police. The police said they'd get back to him, and you can guess it, they never did. Of course not. No. Nope. Why would they do that? That's no. their job. That's not what they do. No, they don't do their job. No, they God, eat donuts and... You're asking for too much. Arrest people for Bad walking things. down the street while being not white. Yeah, that's true. That is that is objectively the case. So there you have it. Yeah, an arrest is the uh, like uh, the better end of that. Sometimes they just murder you. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> now now we know what the cops are for, um, <laughs> and that they're not for helping people. This none of this should surprise anyone. So John then brought the story to the media, right? And the media presented his theory that there was all this connection and they should check into this chem party thing and who they'd been hanging out with and whatever, right? Like, they presented his theory as well mm-hmm. and asked the police if they wanted to investigate it potentially. And the police said, no. No, thanks. Yeah, I'm like, no. That sounds like work. We don't like investigating. That's <laughs> not in these parts. <laughs> they said they didn't think the deaths were linked or that anything was suspicious. Two of them were found in the same spot. In the same pose in a church graveyard with bruises on their torso and sheet. What is fucking wrong with these people? I know. It's not getting any more suspicious, guys. Like, okay, so inquests, however, were eventually held. Eventually. Okay. <laughs> and the original inquests into the deaths returned open verdicts. Uh, Nadia Persaud, the coroner, said she had, quote, some concerns surrounding Whitworth's death, which may, which have not been answered by the police investigation. Her well, statement, yeah, she's not wrong. You have to have an investigation to answer questions. That is true. Okay. Her statement continued, quote, Most concerning are the findings by the pathologist of manual handling prior to his death. And she noted that, quote, The bedsheet that he was found wrapped in was not forensically analyzed, and the bottle of GBL? which was found near him, was also not tested for fingerprints or DNA. What's GBL? That's a good question. No, I'm not sure if they meant to say, yeah, I'm guessing. I, or it might have been like a related drug. There are a Maybe. lot of drugs involved in this. Like, but I mean, if, GHB, if, even if it's lot. just like a, like a pop nearby, you have to, you gotta test it. Yeah. like fin- You gotta look for fingerprints. You just yeah. have to. It's one of those things that is your job. Yep. Just saying it. Yeah, now we're doing their job for them by telling them what their job is. Dang it. 
Man, they just shove off their work on everyone, don't they? They do. <laughs> yeah, so none of it was tested for fingerprints or DNA. So they couldn't confirm, like, whether or not anyone else had even touched it, right? Or had been there, or whether only Daniel's DNA was on it. And whether or not his DNA was on it would have been extremely relevant evidence to have been collected, considering they found a supposed suicide note planted on Daniel's body, which apparently no one bothered to mention to anyone prior to the inquest for Gabriel's and Daniel's deaths, so... <sighs> Why? Right? Like, if they don't want to investigate, then this is, like, the best thing that they could do is be like, oh, there's a suicide note, suicide case closed. Yeah. Because if you're going to be lazy, family, right? you might as well... <laughs> okay. Yeah, and you have to tell the family about it eventually. Sigh. Like, yeah, if you're going to be lazy, yeah, you can use that. But I don't... And they, they did... Eventually, I don't know, man, they just didn't want to do anything. So the note, which was designed to look as though it was written by Daniel Whitworth, read, oh, and it was misspelled and written so fucking weird, but it read, I am sorry to everyone, mainly my family, but I can't go on anymore. I took the life of my friend Gabriel Klein. We was just having some fun at a mate's place, and I got carried away and gave him another shot of G. I didn't notice while we was having sex that he had stopped breathing. That's a very, this is a long, okay, whatever, fine. Yeah, it's a long fine. suicide note while you're dying, hey? <laughs> I tried everything to get him to breathe again, but it was too late. It was an accident, but I blamed myself for what happened, and I didn't tell my family I went out. I know I would go to prison if I go to police, and I can't do that to my family, but at least this way I can be with Gabriel again. I hope he will forgive me. By the way, please do not blame the guy I was with last night. Okay, red flag. Yeah, yeah. We only had sex, then I left. He knows nothing of what I have done. I have taken what G I had left with sleeping pills, so if it does kill me, it's what I deserve. Feeling dizzy now as I took ten minutes ago, so hoping you understand my writing. I dropped my phone on way here, so should be in the grass somewhere. Sorry to everyone. Love always. Daniel P.W. No, no, no. No! Nope! You cannot write a note. You can't leave a note on a dead body being like, and by the way, it wasn't Andrea. Yeah. Like... <laughs> No. By the way, it totally wasn't the killer I was with last night. Are Don't even look at him. It's fine. So stupid. Yeah. I okay. mean, but that's the thing, though. They didn't. I mean, serial killers are typically Not less intelligent. Than they're given crap but, for in the media. I mean, yeah. you know this guy, how stupid. Like, he's definitely an, an idiot. And well, the police yeah. still... They still took, took his word for it. a while to catch him, yep. obviously. Okay. Well, that's the thing, right? This is an this is obvious, easy. This is right? open shut. Like, He's basically like, oh, by the way, don't question the guy who killed me. And the police are like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, okay, good. At least we don't have to do that. Yeah, no. Along with everything else we're not going to do. I mean, Daniel himself, who obviously wrote this, <laughs> said we did He would know. <laughs> so. Oh, God. So, uh, obviously, none of the family bought it. And everyone wanted the police to look for the guy Daniel was with and to actually, you know, investigate how suspicious this all was. It, it wasn't even in Daniel's handwriting. Okay, come on. Yeah, his parents had um, a birthday card he'd written. And, like, granted, they texted a lot, right? So, no. But, no, like, if this you see stupid. the comparison, they yeah. don't look even slightly yeah, similar. Yeah, no, this is stupid. Yeah, but the okay. police, in addition to not investigating, also said his parents confirmed... They said his parents then confirmed it was his handwriting, even though they literally said it wasn't. Oh, my God. So that was a blatant lie by the cops. Cue no one being surprised. <sighs> okay. Yep. And then nothing was done for any of the victim's families from there until... Now it's my turn. I pass it off to Andrea. I see pen. Yep. Okay. Okay, so this is the... 
page and then I'll fix these pages. Okay. I'm just getting myself in order, everybody. Yep. <laughs> because I'm already annoyed, but it's okay. Yep. So nothing was done for any of the victims' families from there until Jack Taylor. Oh, boy. Jack Taylor was 25, and his body was found in the exact same circumstances. He'd gone out on Saturday evening and never come home. His sisters say he was more like a big brother to them, despite him being younger. He was just very caring and always looking out for them. Police found a syringe in his pocket and a needle mark in his arm and decided to just assume he'd overdosed himself. But Jack's family knew there was no way he'd done this. He was extremely anti-drugs. Like, really anti-drugs. Like, he wouldn't let his friends take them. He wouldn't hang out with people he did. Like, he just was not even just like, I don't like drugs, man. He was anti-drugs. Oh, my God. Yeah. They could have... Okay. He was very straight edge. (sighs) The police just told his sisters that they weren't going to investigate it. Oh, my God. Yeah. I would punch them. Well, at first, yeah, and at first they said that they were, and then sisters like, like, we'll talk to our our bosses and get back to you and two weeks pass and the sisters are like hey what's taking so long they're like oh we're, we're not gonna oh we changed our mind in the meantime yeah we're actually not okay uh all right okay here's what happened and a twist <laughs> jack taylor's sisters like john pape decided to investigate the case themselves and pestered police until they eventually had to check jack's phone <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. isn't that way too expensive Um, to see who he'd messaged, been with that night. Yeah, it's, I don't know. Okay. (laughs) So much effort to click through a phone. He'd met up with a man who deleted his Grindr account, and CCTV footage showed that he'd been up, he'd been with a tall blonde man that night. Police kept trying to redirect and close the case, making shit up about the footage and such. But after a new sergeant was hired on, Jack's sisters managed to to manage to convince him to look into the footage more and to put the image of the tall blonde man in the news to see if anyone would recognize him. Okay, they should not have to tell them to do that. No, that should be a thing that they do. And sure enough, they did. So they finally did. That's great. But that it maybe Jack's sisters should be the cops and the, the cops should be Jack's sisters. I yeah, know. I think John Pape <laughs> and Jack's sisters should team up and just be the police force now. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Yep. So let's go back to Stephen Port. The toy truck guy. <laughs> That's what I On October fifteenth, two thousand fifteen, Stephen Port, who was forty-one, was arrested and taken into police custody. As it turns out, he would take drugs pretty much daily, pretty much every drug. Yep. A neighbor of his noticed that he was hoarding drugs in his flat, like he was collecting them. The neighbor also witnessed a lot of young men going into Stephen's flat, and Stephen had found these young men through, of course, various dating apps and escort services. Some guys were as young as 16 or 17. Ew. Isn't that fucked? That's gross. That's really nasty. A lot of Stephen's exes described how they'd broken up with him because he'd been violent. He'd even pushed one of them into a TV, but the reasons for these breakups gradually got scarier and more violent. He was very clearly escalating. He had exes? Yeah, so I think people he People dated out this as, man? Yeah, and he, well, I think because he went for younger people, right? Oh, okay. So they probably didn't have yeah. great judgment or realize how awfully childish he was in a bad way. Yeah. Right? That makes sense, yeah. And they're vulnerable and et cetera. Like, it makes sense that he'd target them. It's still gross. Because an adult would date him and be like, never they, again. Uh... <laughs> they probably just wouldn't even respond to his grinder profile. They'd be like, yeah, this guy's gross. Clearly, Bye. yeah. <laughs> like... Okay, so when I mentioned earlier, which I didn't, 
one I mentioned earlier. (laughs) (laughs) That Stephen Port had faked a lot of his online bios. It also came out that he had a fake Facebook profile where he used the name John Look or Locke. And remember the man who was telling Thierry, Gabriel's ex-boyfriend, about the chemsex parties? Yeah, that was Stephen Port. Under his fake name and profile, he was covering his tracks. Neither Daniel nor Gabriel had ever attended these parties. Oh, my God. Yeah. He, so the informant He gets about, too um, involved. He does, right? Why did he He's get away with this for wrong. so fucking long? Like, the only reason he did was because cops didn't care. Jesus. Because they would have caught this guy instantly. This is not hard. And this isn't like the 70s and 80s. Like, No, none of this is difficult. Okay. Fine. Anyway. <laughs> I know. There's more. Stephen Port was the guy Gabriel Cavari had suddenly moved in with right before he died. Stephen had even texted a neighbor about it, saying, quote, Hey, neighbor, come meet my Slovakian twink flatmate tonight or tomorrow. Classy. So, yeah, super. <laughs> so the neighbor did go there the next day, but Stephen wasn't home, so it was just the neighbor and Gabriel, and they ended up becoming friends. Later, the neighbor messaged Stephen, saying he'd met Gabriel, that he was really nice and such, and Stephen responded with, Quote, I'm taking good care of him, hee hee. Ugh. Ugh, God. I know, I know. This is like so fucking slimy. I hate it. I hate everything about this. This was right before Gabriel went missing and stopped answering texts from the neighbor. So the neighbor asked Stephen, you know, where is Gabriel? And Stephen said that he hadn't actually seen him at all either. And that, quote, maybe he went off with an army man he met online. (laughs) And then later claimed that Gabriel had gone back to Slovakia where he'd contracted a deadly illness and passed away. Yep. He begged the neighbor not to post anything about it online, quote, for the family's sake. Yeah, nothing about this is not suspicious. Like, he just, like, injected suspicion into himself at every turn. Yeah. (laughs) Like... He basically walked into the police station already handcuffed and said, I killed a bunch of people. Basically. And they were like, no. (laughs) Go home. This case is closed Here, let anyway. me help you with those. Yeah, basically. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> okay. However, Stephen was found to be connected through his chat logs to all the victims. His search history included date rape drug, unconscious boy rape videos. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Boys being drug raped and unconscious porn videos. Not Yuck. a good sign. Okay, it was right after searching these terms that he'd gone on sleepyboys.com and met up with Anthony. Police also finally did some forensic testing, and it turns out that the needle Jack had apparently used on himself had not actually been used at all. It was planted on him as a prop. Yep. Okay. Yeah, they they could tell the needle actually hadn't been injected. It was just an unused needle that had been planted on him. Well, then that makes it very, like, clear that it's not overdosed from anything injectable. No. All right. Daniel's, quote, suicide note (laughs) was also tested and was covered in Stephen's fingerprints. And the sheet he was found in was covered in his DNA. Because they now had so much evidence, they tried to get Stephen to confess, but he denied murdering them and said all the deaths were accidental. That he'd had sex with them, but all the overdoses had been accidental. That's a lot of overdosing and then walking to the cemetery yeah (laughs) yeah and then walking to the cemetery and posing the bodies or like they all leave you and then go pray in the cemetery while they die of an overdose yeah really in your sheets yeah this seems strange yeah (laughs) okay well this was obviously bullshit says ren yes and everyone (laughs) i agree yeah (laughs) While Stephen Port maintains his innocence, a bunch of survivors came forward and shared their own stories about what Stephen had tried to do to them. One of them was a young Muslim boy 
who had been messaging Stephen, and when they met up at Stephen's flat, he was pressured to take poppers. Yeah, they're like a drug, like amyl nitrite. Oh, okay. Yeah, like they're an energizing drug. Yeah. Yeah, I think you can sniff them or something. They're also kind of a love drug sort of deal. But, you know, this boy was from a strict religious family. He didn't want to. Okay. He then offered the boy a glass of water after the boy had passed out. From the poppers, yeah. Great. And the water did not taste like water, probably because it was not water or just water. Yeah. He'd woken up at one point naked from the waist down. Luckily, he, along with many others who testified, survived this and escaped. Jesus. Yeah. I think he probably thought that he'd managed to overdose them, but... So basically, Stephen's modus operandi was to lure young men to his flat and get them to take a bunch of drugs, either through offering them, threatening them into it, or sneaking drugs into drinks, a bunch of different methods, and a whole lot of different drugs. And once they'd pass out, he'd rape them, and then he'd give them one last fatal dose. Stephen Port is in jail for life now, thank God, based on mountains of evidence and survivor testimony that confirmed he did this. And really, one of the main reasons he's behind bars is because the families and friends of Anthony, Gabriel, Daniel, and Jack didn't let an uncaring police force get away with just brushing these men aside. In 2014 and 15. Right? like So fucking annoying. You hear about this case, and you think that it must have happened in, like, the 60s. Yeah. With the attitudes of the That would make sense. Yeah. Even 80s, obviously. Yeah, even, like... Even 90s. Maybe, yeah. We're pushing it with the 90s, but yes, it, even, right? But 2014, yeah. that much bigotry or lack of caring Six years ago. Like, come on. Yeah. That was six years ago. I, things Don't have be gotten idiotic. worse. Yeah. Like, just be a cop. Yeah, like... I don't care. I know, those if you're aren't supposed to be drink. synonyms. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know. I think that we should probably. Yeah. Yeah. They're synonymous. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, thesaurus.com. You need to update <laughs> you need to your update. shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quoted from uh, Two Scared Siblings. This case was brutal um, yeah. for me to hear about and then to research too, because yeah. it was just like, because I'm a gay man. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, so you can this relate is... to it. Oh, yeah. And to the police not doing anything at every turn, I was so mad. Yeah. That's the other thing. Like, you're like, great, so that that could be me, where they wouldn't even fucking bother investigating. Yeah, because they wouldn't care. Yeah. Classy. Ugh. Happy 100th episode, guys. (laughs) I'm glad that Steven's in fucking jail. Me too. Yeah. So... You should send us stuff. You should send us your own weird stories about dating apps. They can just be weird. You don't. You don't have to tell us anything horrific. It's it's fine. Don't do that. I don't tell want us you about to your do that. funny bones. Tell ooh. Yeah. Tell us about your haunted portraits and your funny bones. Yes. Tell All us of them. About everything. About that graveyard you once went to. Oh gosh. About praying. About sheets that you have. <laughs> no. No, don't tell us any of that. That's that's <laughs> that's too sad. I'm getting sad. Um, yeah, it is yeah, depressing. No, I'm like, I can I feel picture so bad it for too, these young right? men. Ugh. Oh, I know. And they were so young. But yeah, no, send us uh, any weird stories you have. Let's go back to the funny bones. How about haunted funny bone portraits? Yay! There, combine them. Portraits of bones that are funny. Yeah, and haunted. Yeah, see, like, <laughs> I'm sure everyone has a story like that. That's a universal experience, right? So, yeah. I mean, yeah. who doesn't? I have, like, at least 20. Well, that's kind of true, but that's because I keep buying you haunted portraits. Oh, that's true. I need to get more of I have bones. Like 20 <laughs> that's true. Okay, all right. So that's at um, 
twoscaredsiblings at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at twoscaredsibs, where we'll be posting pictures of our lovely gifts. And yes. And you can give us money. Yes. That is patreon.com slash twoscaredsiblings. And it's also pinned to the top of our Twitter. Yes. It helps us uh, do this. Yeah. Honestly. Oh, and I ordered stickers. Oh. I yeah, you stickers. did. So for patrons, yeah. Yeah, so um, I'll put this up on Twitter too just to make sure we catch anybody. But um, if you want us to mail you some stickers, just, yeah, email us or send it through DMs or whatever where we want where we are to send it. Yeah, that'll actually be fun. Yeah. yeah. And that'll help cheer you up. And another thing <laughs> that will cheer you up is us giving you a good night kiss. Mwah. Mwah. Sleep well.